Previously on A Game Called Quest. Well, I have the compass, so I guess we'll figure out where to go. The magic suctions back inside of the compass. The hands spin all to face in the same direction. There wasn't like a like a highway nearby, right? Let's get to hoofing it. I, I think we're in a fantasy world. I, I doubt there's any highways. Why don't you guys each pick one fantastical thing that you guys discover? This beautiful sparkling spray. One of the branches like droops down to her and like offers her the fruit. Kind of like a stag beetle, but with three different horns on it. For a second, he sees this little squirrel, but he's getting rained on and there's this cloud that's like following him up above him. And there's this little like gray spectral imp. A crack of lightning juts down and you see the silhouette of a massive humanoid lightning form. Greetings, adventurers, and welcome, welcome back to another episode of A Game Called Quest. I'm Rose, your friendly neighborhood game master slash guide, and I'm so excited that you're back again with us for episode nine. We are gonna get started in just a minute here, but really quick, I've got a couple of announcements. The first is that Oh, you might have heard, but we're doing a giveaway. What? So exciting. Make sure that you participate in the giveaway by listening to the podcast and sharing your thoughts about it, either on social media by tagging us at Game Called Quest on Instagram or Twitter, or by leaving us a review on iTunes or any of your other podcasting platforms. The second announcement is that we have been lucky enough to be doing some amazing collaborations with other content creators and nerds and podcasters in the tabletop role-playing game community. In addition to our typical artist spotlight, we're also now doing ad swaps with other podcasts and creators in the community. This is very exciting, but I do just want to say, because I know we have some families that listen to this podcast, make sure that you check the explicit ratings and a little bit about the content before you listen to these other podcasts with your kids. Everybody has a different level for what they're comfortable with their families listening to, and I want to respect that. So make sure that you check out what the content is going to be in these other projects before jumping right in. That said, we are so excited about these new collaborations and we hope that you'll support us by supporting them. All right, that's all I've got for today. Let's jump into that episode. So our story continues with the crashing of thunder and the strike of lightning. In the distance, you can see the massive, looming, luminescent figure etched out on the edges, almost humanoid, but as if each of its limbs were made of strikes of lightning. And you can see it in the distance, but you're still you're still far away, and it doesn't exactly seem to have noticed you, although it is gazing in your direction and moving in your direction as well. It kind of puts its long limbs on the ground on all fours and sort of starts lumbering forwards every once in a while a streak of lightning uh, screeching out from the side of its body and snapping a tree into dust. What do you do? This sounds fine. I think we're fine. Hmm. Yeah, I think think, uh, Zach has some sort of uh, innate reaction. Like the thorn part of him is like when the trees get disintegrated, he's like, ow. Uh. (laughs) You feel like a bristle of, um, if you have, do you have hair? I have I have vines and I'm I'm sure like my my like 
plant-like skin has these like little you know how like some leaves have like little fuzz on them yeah maybe oh. his like mm-hmm. leaf fuzz stands up like you know that thing where like you can sometimes if you're really connected to somebody you can like feel like when something bad happens to them and it, like your hair stands up on end Mm-hmm. I think you feel that a little bit. You tense for no reason. Well, I mean, I guess there is a reason considering there's a lightning monster lumbering towards you. Elise sees the lightning beast and she looks over at the lightning beast like breaking the trees and then she looks over at Horn and then back to the trees. Each uh, strike that comes down kind of illuminates. Uh, we get a really nice picture of like the four of you guys standing with this creature in the distance with like each the silhouette because it's so bright uh, and we can see the silhouette of your heroic forms. What is the pose that each of you are in? Elise um, or Zuri is like starting to feel like a little dizzy. She feels kind of odd and the sensation she like expects to be scared because her heart is beating so fast but suddenly this like her cutting heart turns into like this strange excitement and she starts like shivering and before she knows it and before she even realizes what she's doing one of her hands her right hand reaches for her weapon the halibird and the other hand gets prepared to block as she like assumes a striking position and she doesn't lock her legs even though knowing zuri she would immediately lock her legs but but she doesn't it's like she's naturally her body is doing things that she's not used to and she can't she can't even think anymore her focus is just that she wants to fight that thing incredible what about what about um yaselga what's yaselga doing yeah he's he's kind of on the other end of things um his legs are completely locked because he's not a fighter and doesn't know (laughs) that he shouldn't do that uh the flash of lightning just catches as you see like his mouth wide open like staff still in hand but like falling in the end of it just like thuds on the ground because this is the first thing in this world where he's been like, what is that? That is terrifying and not not like a cool thing. Uh, what's happening? He's he's like, he's very uh, like solidified, I guess. He's 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 very tense. Uh, so Dr. Turtle slash. Well, not really. Just Dr. Turtle right now. There's no one inside your head. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so everybody's facing this uh, this big electricity beast, um, except for Dr. Turtle. All you see from the front is Turtle Butt. <laughs> Dr. Turtle has turned around and is looking at the sky and is like, I think there's a storm coming on. <laughs> All right, incredible. <laughs> and lastly, Thorn, you describe what you're doing. Yeah, I think we see Zach, uh, he's like grabbing the spear with both hands and like holding it in front of him. And you can see, you know, the little fuzz on his skin standing up straight. And then all of a sudden uh, his demeanor changes and uh, he sort of plants the spear in the ground, like head down. And you can hear him say to himself, fear not, Zach. This is just another creature of nature. Uh, uh, it, It harms the trees. Uh, but that is just the way of things. And uh, he draws his his bow and readies an arrow at the Ooh. beast. Yes, yes. Oh. Awesome. So we get this picture of the four of you illuminated by the light. Yasalga slash Grace staring up with a gaping mouth. 
Zori assumed an expert fighting position that she's not quite sure how she remembers. Uh, Dr. Turtle just, you know, chilling, looking at the sky, and Thorn pulling out their bow and arrow, I think for the first time, maybe? No, or... I had it I had it against the werewolf as well. Um, okay, so yeah. never mind. So Thorn pulling out his bow and arrow with a newfound confidence. And as the four of you assume this position, there is, for a moment, stillness in the air and silence as the beast stands still. It's about as tall as, like, the trees. It's it's When it becomes still, it really just looks like, almost as if, like, a single crackle of lightning came down from the sky and is just there. Like, its limbs come to its side and all of it kind of comes together in, like, one long single strike of lightning. And for a moment, you can just feel, like, the pulsing in the air of the silence. And then it suddenly sort of recontorts back into a humanoid bestial form and you can see it turns towards you where eyes would be there are just these gaping abyssal sort of black holes and this creature has a special trait called horrifying when you see slash truly take in this creature for the first time you have to roll a d20 to determine whether you are horrified by it. We should have done that before we did our heroic stances. <laughs> well, you decided to enter the battle. Yeah, I guess we hadn't fully okay. taken and it in yet. Yeah. Oh, God. All right, let's see if this changes things. Uh, I got a six. 14. I got a 20. <laughs> yeah! Because you turned so, around, you didn't actually see it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys so scared of? What's going on? I got a 13. Okay, yeah, so all three of you are good except for Zack slash Thorn. Um, which means that all of you guys are able to act as normal. Obviously, it's still like jarring unless you're Dr. Turtle, in which case it's like suddenly you look at him and you see that it's really just like some angry weather, you know? At the end of the day, like, can it even really hurt you? Dr. Turtle looks and falls in love. Yeah, you look and suddenly, like, you connect on a spiritual level. Uh, you know that it's still, it's still gonna hurt you, but you're not afraid. And Thorn, what that means is you'll just lose your first turn and then you'll be able to jump into battle. Can I, can I do what, can I say what happens with Zach? Absolutely, do you wanna go, do you wanna have your turn for, be first in that case? My, we'll go, oh, we'll my, jump into like initiative. Oh, my turn in which I lose my turn? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 that works, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll say Thorn was probably the most ready, especially because he already had pulled out his bow and arrow. Then suddenly you're struck with this like horrifying visage. So what do you do? Yeah, so so yeah, he's like in his like thorn mode, and then all of a sudden like Zach's back, and it's like, no thorn, I don't I don't think that's natural, I don't think that's right, and uh, he um, like lets loose the arrow, and it just like flies like up in the air, like totally uh, not hitting the thing at all, and uh, that's yeah, it. it does like a backwards arc, and we hear <laughs> in the background like the clatter of wood on stone. <laughs> it does so as that happens. I I will say I think with the like clatter of the arrow on the stone, it like zeroes in on the group of you and starts moving towards you at a slightly faster pace. Okay, okay. Yeah, so you guys are now, I'm gonna say in range. Previously you were too far, but now you're close enough to take ranged attacks. 
um, or you can move closer if you want to on your turn. What do you guys think, like dramatically speaking, who do you think would be acting in what order? We have Thorn first in the order, uh, then who do you think would be going next? Zuri is like inside, she's like slowly fading. It's like everything around her is like getting darker and blacker and suddenly something happens and she closes her eyes as she's reaching for the weapon and she's like starting to breathe heavy and then she opens again and she can't see anything but the monster, not even her friends nearby. And before she knows it, she like, pulls out the weapon with this like scream, like this grunt of like Aah! and then she like pulls it out and then she goes in on a wild attack. Ooh, ooh, I love wild attack. Do you wanna <laughs> describe that that move to us and then roll your D20? Yeah, so she like she's like running, she's like charging at it as she's like pulling out her weapon with her right hand, and then she like squats down and jumps into the air and like she starts flinging the staff and like both sides of the weapon come out which is the axe on one side and the hammer on the other and then mm -hmm. she's like spinning it around and then she like slams it down um on like the creature's head is what she's trying to do at least oh i'm so here for it okay um so what is the move wild attack so the wild attack as it says is Strike a foe with reckless power. Yeah, so basically, uh, for people listening, the wild attack, and I think, honestly, I think like Zuri in the back of your head is like remembering like that page in the book. Yeah. Like, oh, I can do this. Meanwhile, the body's just doing it by itself. Um, yeah. The wild attack essentially allows you to uh, attack with more recklessness than um, normal, which allows you to do more damage or potentially things can go terribly wrong. So it's a really fun risk. And I bet you Zuri's like in the back of your head, like, I don't know, what do you think Zuri would well, be? Zuri's like not even aware right now. She's like in a daze and it, things are just happening. Oh, incredible. Like she's like, oh, I love dizzy. that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay, roll that dice. Oh, dang. I got a 15. Okay, that's still a success. Okay. Yeah, so on an 11 to nine, so this is what a wild attack allows you to do. Normally, people do two damage on an attack, um, but with wild attack, when you get a success, you deal double damage. So you're gonna do four damage to the monster. So yeah, I will chalk off that four damage. Now, I think, so you're going up uh, with a full strike. Do you wanna describe to me kind of what that looks like when your weapon, because I know your weapon's like special and very unique. So do you want to kind of give me some flavor text of what that looks like when you strike it with the weapon? Yeah, so um, she swings the hammer side of it down and it hits the, it's not really the head, but the top of this beast thing. And as soon as it hits, it makes more lightning come out of the beast. Um, and then the recoil of it swings back and the axe hits where its core is or what it, she would assume is its core but it's kind of hard to tell because it's like really cloudy um, and then she like struggles back a little bit and this thing and she's like she's not sure if she hit it or not because it's just like a mass of a thing um, yeah but you can see at the places where you hit it like there are like those same gaping like spaces of emptiness where the eyes were when you first made eye contact with it, it now has those gaping spaces of emptiness where you hit it. However, that being said, I think as you're holding the weapon, you can feel a spark from the lightning of the contact mm. from your weapon hitting it. 
and it has uh, a reflection ability, which basically means that when you make a melee attack on it, you're now just realizing this. You can feel lightning now shooting up your arms, and you take, uh, how much damage did I say you did? Four. Four. So you take two damage back. Oh my god. Okay. And like as this happens and she feels the damage, the lightning go in, it's like it's like her brain is going between like these memories of Zuri and Elise and she's like struggling and so she like is like trying to hold her position while also like shaking. And everyone else, you guys can see that as well. You can see like the energy the lightning like strike up. Elise has entered her fighting state space. So she's like fully muscled out. Like you can now finally tell how like freakishly strong this person is and even in her tensed muscles you can see like them getting even more tight as the lightning strikes her back and that is where we're gonna go to commercial hello darling this is sue i'm playing zuri and elise and today i'm here to bring you this week's artist spotlight so T. Newton, can I have a spot of T. Newton, is a non-binary Latin character and creature artist. They do all sorts of art commissions, whether you need your spooky monster brought to life or a spotlight for your heroic adventurer. Their commissions and art traits are currently open, so check them out at linktr.ee slash t.newton or follow them on Twitter at tnewton. Yay! See you soon! After a long journey, you've arrived in Arcanos, the worst place in the world. Here, you'll delve into unhallowed tombs and twisted forests. Maybe you'll even do some good, if you can live long enough. In Darkest Quest, you play as heroes in a terrifying world, fighting evil as it encroaches from all sides. GMJ is a professional game master who has been GMing for over 20 years. His players have dubbed his games Roleplay Heavy with rich world building and delightful action and tension. Sign up to start playing at startplaying.games. Bigotry is not accepted at the table. A Game Called Quest is proud to be part of the Audible affiliate program. Audible is an amazing way to find and access tons of great books and stories. If you think about it, audiobooks were really the original podcasts. You can get a free one-month Audible trial by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash quest. That trial includes one token for a free audiobook. So we have left a list of fantasy books written by POC and LGBTQ plus authors that we recommend in the description box. Get the joy of listening to great fantasy stories without the frustration of having to wait for the next episode of the podcast. Try Audible. Looking to get away this Wednesday? Why not head to the cityscape of a high magic post-apocalyptic future in your mind? Come to beautiful Presidium City. If the ruling class of questionable mages don't draw your eye, maybe our group of wacky adventurers will. Join our band of wisecracking wildcards as they explore the limits of their imagination. Check out our podcast, Dice Chronicles, where we tell the best story we can while playing Dungeons and Dragons. Find us every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, back to the game. Who would like to go next? Gray uh, is just, he's, he's starting to recover a little bit from the, uh, the awesome sight of this thing. Um, and as he's doing so, he sees Elise Zuri, uh, this, you know, this figure, like, charge into battle. And just on a whim, 
because seeing seeing that happen makes him feel safe and so he's going to use um use mirage on elise zuri's figure um uh, to give her a to give her a tail that looks like a kind of a cross between the tiger's tail and a bolt of lightning and the head of a mountain lion because this is a this is a figure in particular that makes him feel safe oh what does that do that's so sweet my uh, my goal here, like as the player, is I, I to to make uh, to make Elise Zuri more intimidating, at, like as she charges in the battle. Okay. Uh, so does Mirage have any like specific rule about that, or I... it's just you can conjure a major illusion larger than 100 meters in any dimension can be of anything that fits within the space. And you can program it with looping mechanics. Um, it's just if a creature touches or passes through it, they will no longer see it. So if they were to, gotcha. like, I guess, yeah, contact it, it would. Yeah. So we're making like a. So what do you want the creature to do based on this? Uh, to, I guess, be more afraid or cautious of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so mark off those AP, uh, and I will keep that in mind when it gets to be there too. Yeah, and just as 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 Grey casts this mirage uh, onto the figure he sees charging in a battle, you uh, you can just barely hear him whisper, Rocky. Um, and we do see, like, the... So your magic, right, is, like, spider webs, right, coming out of your hand. <laughs> and so bring. I think we do see, like, that, that web of silk and silver come between you. And I think, how would that make... Like, Gray, what would be the feeling of somebody that was in the middle of that illusion? Like, would it feel warm? Would it feel like air moving around them? Like, what does it feel like to be in the middle of one of your illusions? Uh, that depends on uh, how how Gray or Yasolga is feeling. Um, so with this, it would be um, kind of a feeling of of actually lightness, um, both both weight and, like, and light, like uh, bright light. Um, the person would feel like very warm and safe, um, and also like they could uh, also like they could jump very high. Not saying that it gives that ability, but they would they would feel very <laughs> empowered. Yeah, awesome. So you kind of you create this kind of intimidating presence for the lightning beast, but you give Zuri kind of this and Elise like kind of like this feeling that I think that in that moment like that's when the lightning effect stops. Um, and Zori can kind of come back, and Elise can kind of come back to herself for a second. And I'll let you decide what happens when we get back to your turn, um, Sue. Let's jump over to Dr. Turtle. Okay. I guess Dr. Turtle has been to a lot of worlds and is, is kind of, I mean, we're committing to it. It's kind of enraptured with this creature. So I think... In, in their mind, they're just like, what is what is this creature doing here? Why why would they be here in the first place? What is their gripe with us? So I think what they're going to try uh, first is to modulate um, the 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 electricity monster's um, comfort level to make it feel more comfortable. Okay, how does modulate work? Do you have to go up to it? 
Um, all it says is you alter the nature's intensity of a creature's physical sensations for up to an hour. Okay. Yeah, so I've turned around. There's just like lightning in my in my galaxy eyes. I'm enraptured and I'm just like, wow. So then I, I try to make it feel more comfortable. Um, even though my friends are attacking it right now. So we'll see how that goes. Um, do you move closer or do you stay at a distance? Um, I'll stay at a distance for now. But I'll, I'll call out to them. I'll be like, hey, dude. So let me uh, just really quick recap. We've got Elise is in reach of the creature, meaning that she just came out of an attack and is in uh, melee range. Then uh, everyone else is in range. Nobody else moved closer? No. Uh, no, okay. not for now. All right. So I think um, this, from those things that you guys did in your turn, first it's like reeling still. It a long, uh, crackling limb kind of reaches up to the places where the wounds that Elise left in its body are kind of like lightly running. There wasn't a hand there, but now there are fingers, and one of the fingers runs across the wound. Then it looks over. It sees this this massive mountain lion form in front of them uh, where that uh, where that had been, where those wounds came from. It sees that form is now a mountain lion. So it takes a few kind of fumbling steps back, each step leaving a burn mark singed into the ground. And it reaches back with one hand, grabbing onto a tree. And then it, with like a kind of sweeping motion, it kind of crushes it down, disintegrating it into dust, sending, I'll say, an electric shock that will, it'll actually hit everyone. It just goes like as the, as its limb hits the ground, it just sends this like electric shock across the ground that just does one damage to everyone. Okay. And then, it gets hit with what Dr. Turtle did, I think. And so now it's having a mixture of comfort and fear. And I think like that's probably why, I'd say like th those two mixed emotions are why it didn't attack, but also didn't, but indirectly still hurt you. Does that make sense? So it's confused because it now feels more comfortable, but also it's still afraid of like this weird mountain lion beast. So it didn't directly attack because it was afraid but it also like suddenly feels like it's sitting in a comfortable chair. <laughs> so it looks around kind of confused, but when it does one of those tree things, that, that, will, that does cause harm to you. So you now know like it doesn't necessarily have to be attacking you in order to hurt you. So we're, up, we're back at the beginning of the, uh, of the group, uh, which means it is now Ben's turn. Uh, so Zach slash Thorn, what do you do now that you've recovered from the horrifying visage? Mm. Um, not much I can do. When, when I, uh, when I see, uh, that Zuri got damaged by the, the beasts by touching it, um, I say, everyone, uh, try to do ranged attacks only. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Zach's a metagamer and, uh, he looks at, he's got, uh, he's got a talon on his, uh, shoulder and he says, uh, now don't don't you don't you go attack it. You go fly in a tree somewhere and you stay out of here. I don't want you to get hurt. Uh, does does Talon listen? 
I think she would be reluctant to run away, but she will listen to you and not attack. But she's still going to stay on your shoulder. Yeah, I think I actually I think the rules say that she won't leave my area willingly. OK, so uh, I'm going to try to do a, I'm going to try to shoot an arrow at it from from yeah. a ranged area. All right, go ahead and make that attack. Yeah. All right. Uh, eight. That's a tough choice, which means you succeed. So they still take two damage. But uh, I'll say the choice is either um, somehow it, it will get a counterattack on you or it draws aggro on its next turn. What does that mean? Like it will now be after you specifically on its next turn. Okay. Or it gets a quick counterattack now. On me? Yes. Uh. You would take damage, basically. It might not be from it, but you would somehow wind up taking damage now, or you would draw aggro from it from this point forward, basically. I like that one better. I think I like that one better. I think I'm going to... Drawing aggro? Yeah, I'm going to taunt it. <laughs> no, I... Okay, awesome. So you hit it. it where it was standing, it was starting to, like, it was, like, looking like it was going to sit down. Uh, when you hit it, like, right where the elbow is, and it just, like, severs that electric connection, and it's, it's now it, like, the limb is, like, completely cut off, uh, and there's nothing on the other side of it. It's just, like, part of a limb, and then it comes back, uh, it sucks back up into, like, the core of the creature itself, uh, and it rears down and turns towards you, and then kind of reassembles into, like, a, like, almost, like, gorilla shape, kind of like with two limbs on the ground and two behind and it's glaring at you. Oh crap. And now it's uh, Zori's turn slash Elise. So um, with the damage and like with what was happening, um, Zuri felt really um, shaken by everything. She was panicking and it felt like there was these hazes and flashes of Elise and Zuri and she couldn't get it together. But then when um, when she sees that Grey like helps her with this mirage thing, she, it like helps her ground herself, and she like turns around and just like does like a little not smile thing at Yusolga, and she turns back around at the beast. But then she realizes that she can't directly hit it with her attacks because she will like take immediate damage. So, hmm. You've got other weapons, right? Don't you have, like, throwing knives or something? Yeah, I have poison daggers, but I don't know that that would be effective against lightning. I'll say, you saw that the arrows were effective on it, so you know that, like, ranged... And, and Thorn just has, like, regular arrows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was also wondering if there was something that I could do with my magic rope. That's what I was trying oh, to figure out. Oh, yeah. think about yeah, 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 take a second to think if you want to. If you'd like, we can switch up the order, too if you want to think about something to do. Okay, well, first of all, Zuri does uh, check to see if there's any trees in the area. There's lots all over. Oh, wait, trees. Something moving would be better. Is there like a... Well, but in this land, is, is there moving vehicles or anything like that? Um, it's just an empty path. With, like, with, trees? With trees and, I mean... what? It, so you're looking for something that's moving? Yeah, I was almost, like, thinking about tying it to that moving object and then like yeah go ahead and uh give me a roll like a like a fate check i guess seven okay so that's a tough choice uh that means um i'll say you see there's like this large 
Okay, wait. So you're looking for a vehicle? Not necessarily a vehicle. It's just something that like moves pretty fast. If I can like tie it to that creature and make it like drag it with damage like that without like having to touch it. And maybe I yeah, can like okay. use the rope to tie it with something so that it can't escape. Okay, so you you succeed in this. The the tough choice is either uh, it's alive or um, it doesn't like it's not as big as you want it to be. Either it's alive, it's the size that you want. It it could probably hold this thing, or it's not as big as you want it to be. Hmm. Yeah, because part of me is like wondering if I could have it be small and like use my own strength with that object and touch the object without directly touching the boots and like drag it using the object and try to swing it. I don't know if I'm going to be strong enough. I think so, because it's a lightning monster, but there's nothing about its weight or mass. Yeah, it's not like extra heavy. Yeah. I mean, when it t- walks, the ground shakes, but that's because it's sending electrical currents. Yeah, I think I'm going to like tie it uh, Elise is going to tie it to the smaller object. It's not as big as she wants it to be. But what she does okay. is she like pulls out the rope really quickly and then she makes a lasso out of it. And then she like um, turns it really fast. She like lassos the beast um, after like tying it to the object. And then she holds the object as like a um, separation between herself and the beast. And then she like yeah. flings him around with her entire body weight while like squatting down against the trees. Okay, so so what you want is like a cart or something like that? Or like a weird shaped rock? Yeah, sure. It's just something to like help me like not touch it, but still be able yeah. to attack it. Yeah. Yeah, so I think what you find is like this strange shaped, it's got like a hook, it almost looks like a wave a rock that's shaped like a wave, almost as if a wave was about to crash and then it suddenly became frozen in place in this brown and speckled white rock. So you're able, you can find there's like good handholds on it and it's got like this hook shape on the end and it's got little weird crevices and stuff like that that you can tie the rope onto. And so are you throwing the object at the creature trying to like hook him? Yeah. No, Okay. sorry, sorry. no, because if I do that, he can still like shoot the electricity through the rope. I'm trying to use that object as a thing that I'm, that separates me and him, if that makes sense. Something that will like dispel. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that I will allow you to do that, but it will take, it's gonna take your whole turn to like get it hooked. So I think what you do, here's what I think happens. You've got this like weird wave shaped rock that has this hook on the end, you throw it, with the rope tied around it, and it gra- like it grapples the creature from behind, um, and then you dig your heels into the ground, and you're holding the rope, and it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't get electrocuted. Okay, okay. This rock was n- was not a conductor, so you do not get electrocuted. You have this rope that has the creature attached to it. You're in behind, but it's still like barreling towards Thorn. So your your heels are like skidding in the ground because it wasn't quite as big as you wanted it to be. Uh, you're like being dragged behind it a little bit and you'll be able to act based on that on your next turn. So what does uh, Yasolga slash Grey do? Um, so you said that this thing had legs, lightning legs? Yes, in its current form it does have lightning legs. Are they touching the ground? Mm-hmm. I don't know, what do you think? Do you think they're touching the ground? I'm asking you. Do you, what do you picture? I'm, I'm, I'm saying you now have control over whether its legs are touching the ground at this moment. Okay. 
slash can it fly? You can decide if it can fly. Uh, right now. I feel like this is kind of come back to bite me in the butt. But uh, I don't. I don't think that it is. I, I mean, I, I think it's off okay. the ground. Um, just like, just barely. But I mean, it's just energy. So I guess it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have a reason yeah. to support itself physically. I love that. Incredible. It's interesting because when it steps, you can still feel the ground shake mm-hmm. underneath it. But it's like barely floating there, like almost as if the atoms are bouncing back and forth so fast between where its foot would hit the ground and the ground itself that it's like there's a little tiny bit of air there. Like almost like magnetism is pushing the ground away from its feet. Yeah. Cray, Cray has been, uh, you know, at a, at a distance, uh, has been watching this uh entity for a little bit and notices that it is floating just a little bit off the ground. He, re- he remembers a time where he uh, he shorted out his PC because he didn't have it grounded uh, during a lightning storm. So he's going to do something real dumb. He's, he's going to he's gonna charge towards uh, this, this creature's legs and try, try to jam his staff touching touching one of the legs and the ground at the same time. Okay, go ahead and uh, roll roll an attack, and your and your goal is to short out the beast? Yeah, he's trying to ground the creature. Okay, like get it stuck on the ground, basically, so it can't move? Or... No. Uh, I don't know enough about computers. We've got we've got a lot of weird electricity physics uh, going on here that uh, yeah. is not, is not going to match up, uh, uh, I don't think, because yeah, he's don't... already hit the ground, he's already hit the ground and sent electricity through the ground, which didn't ground him uh zuri's got a rock and a rope and holding him mm-hmm. and that's not grounding him i'm i'm not sure that this makes sense i'm not sure it makes sense either but you can still make an attack using your stuff oh yeah no he, um brett brett the player is not sure that this makes sense but it kind of came to it kind of came to gray that's that's the connection he's yeah, able I to mean, make it could if you if you roll a triumph like a natural 20 it could ground him but otherwise it will likely still just be an attack mm-hmm. and then you'll be right next to cool <laughs> like, I'm, I'm here i'm here i'm here to make things interesting and that is where we're gonna end the episode Thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of A Game Called Quest. A Game Called Quest is an actual play audio drama podcast of the tabletop role-playing game Quest. This story is a collaborative project, meaning that lots of people work very hard to make it possible. You can find info about all of us and the music that we use under the Creative Commons license in the description box below. Make sure you participate in the giveaway by sharing your thoughts about the show either on social media by tagging us at Game Called Quest or by leaving us a review. That's all we've got for today, folks. Thank you so much for adventuring with us, and make sure to join us next time on A Game Called Quest. Quest.